Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. I'm just really proud of that group of people who, um, you know, get their rewards tonight and, uh, you know, really, really privileged to be part of it. I know that you cannot play at the highest level every game, every game, so that's why I'm, I'm pleased with the win. Football show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson, and Mark Guidi. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Celtic have been celebrating the lifting of the first trophy of the season. 2 1 win over Hibs in the Scottish League Cup. 24 hours after Rangers stretched their lead to seven points on Saturday. And Sean Maloney today takes over as manager of Hebs as a manager exits. It's, uh, Jim Duffy leaves Air United today after a short spell as manager there. Barry Ferguson is with us, the manager of Aloha, the Rangers legend. Barry, cup final, big one for Celtic. Yeah, the most important thing for, for Celtic was um, making sure they, they won the trophy. Um, look, I, I watched the game, they dominated the, the first half without... Um, having many shots on goal but listen it was important that I, I says it on Friday that Kyogo was um, going to be fit and he popped up with the two goals that's how important Kyogo's uh, became for Celtic so listen seeing a week or two nobody will look back in the performances the most important thing was was lifting the trophy and that's what Celtic done it was almost as if the best thing for them was going a goal behind because suddenly they came alive yeah, it must have been a, a, a kick in the teeth for, for Hibs, obviously, going in front. And then I think it was 14 or 15 seconds later, <laughs> uh, Kyogo gets the goal. So Hibs will be kicking herself. Um, but you've got to be switched on. That's the most dangerous time when you go a goal up. Um, the team tends to, you're playing against, tends to come at you. And um, luckily for Celtic, they got that, that goal 14 or 15 seconds later. And then they, they took control and they scored a, a good second goal for me. A lot of people were going on about the free kick. For me, it's good play. It's a quick free kick, good ball over the top, and Kyogo obviously chips the keeper. Um, so I'm sure the Celtic fans will be delighted with getting the first trophy in the bag. Mark Guidi, the pre-match talk was, would Kyogo make it? And the manager revealed that he wasn't 100% fit, but there was no way that he was going to miss the cup final. Yeah, we spoke around Friday night and said that probably Ange Postacoglu would leave the decision up to Kyogo. And he's told the manager that he's fit, he's desperate to play, and he's repaid them. Big style. Um, I mean, he showed his, his quality. Absolutely top draw. I thought the first finish um, as well for the equaliser and then the, 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 the winning goal was just a, a thing of beauty. Um, the way he's executed it. Um, I thought right through the Celtic team from Joe Hart and goals making important saves. I thought Tom Rogic probably hard not to give Kyogo the man of the match obviously because of his finishes but I thought Tom Rogic was absolutely outstanding. Um, and for Hibs, I thought they played well. Uh, they could have had an equaliser at the end I think they should have had a penalty kick but also Paul Hanlon's got to hit the target from 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 seven yards out but they made a game of it and credit to David Gray uh, and his players and uh, now for Hibs it's all about Sean Maloney 
How big a day for the manager, Ange Postacoglu? He says it. I know most people didn't know me when I came here, but I knew what I was coming into and I know what this means to the fans to win the first trophy. Yeah, he was he was an un- unknown. Um, nobody knew much about him. Um, but he's come in and he, he's, he's got a certain style of playing, um, which is attractive to watch, no doubt about it. It's a bit different with the two fullbacks. As, uh, if you were watching the game yesterday, they sometimes are like central midfielders. Aye. Both of the fullbacks. So listen, it's clearly worked, um, and it's it's been a big turnaround in terms of the way Celtic were uh, the mess they were in last season to obviously collecting the first trophy, which is important, um, and they'll look to try and build on that. He said he's extremely proud to win the trophy. Yeah, I'm usually pretty good, but struggling to find the words this time. Yeah, I'm really proud of this this group of players, uh, you know, as much as players, this group of people uh, and the staff, because pretty much from the from the day I walked. I walked in the door, there's, we've had some sort of challenge in front of us, you know, almost on a daily basis that we had to sort of overcome. And they've always found a way to do that and, and haven't made excuses or allowances and really believed in, in sort of what we were trying to build here. And, you know, at every time you thought, you know, this is too much, you know, how can we overcome this obstacle? You know, even today, you know, we, the first time I think they were in our box and they scored and you're thinking, you know, here's another one. And, and their response is what it's been from the moment I arrived. And so I'm just really proud of that group of people who, um, you know, get their rewards tonight and, uh, you know, really, really privileged to be part of it. Gary from the Gorbals is on, a Celtic fan. Gary, good evening. Good evening, Paul. How you doing? Yeah, no, by the voice was just gone. Too much celebrating last night. A bit of celebration. Were you in any doubt when uh, Paul Hanlon scored that goal in 51 minutes? What were you thinking? Um, you know what I was I was thinking um obviously with the chances we missed and the the first the, the fact that the flag kept going up it didn't seem as if it was going to be our day. Um but then I think we we just dug in straight away because we got the equaliser right away and listen is that it's a world class goal uh, a world class two goals from Kyogo. Um brilliant ball from McGregor as well. But that was it that was the vital point that, that we got the goal right away. McGregor as well as Rogic uh, Mark quite rightly you mentioned uh, Tom Rogic and I think also pushing for man of the match uh, Barry would have been the captain it's a huge day for him yeah it's his first trophy as, as captain listen there's no doubt about Callum McGregor he's been a, a standout performer I mean, everybody's going on rightly so about Kyogo because of the goals he scored and Jota before he got injured but for me the most consistent performer has been Callum McGregor um, listen a lot of pressure on his shoulders when you take over the captaincy but I think he's handled it extremely well and he's took his game to a, a different level for me Mark yeah it was brilliant um, yeah. I, I think I've said it many times although Barry um, disagrees slightly but I, I think Callum McGregor's been the best player in Scotland um, this season even ahead of guys like, like Kyogo and and Aribo and, and, and Jota um, and uh, for him to, to lead the team to his first piece of silverware and play a pivotal part in what happened yesterday at Hamden will be will be great for him and, and for the manager. You know, when you really think, of it, I think you just you take it for granted that Celtic and Rangers are going to win things. That's yeah. the way it is, and that's the way it should be. Um, but when you do really assess the last five six months, of Celtic, you, know, you listen to Postecoglou, and we're only getting a wee snippet of it on a daily basis. You think of the things that he will be facing behind the scenes from coming in, not knowing his staff, inheriting a team very, very low in confidence, losing three or four key players, having to find replacements, trying to build a relationship with the chief executive. Mm-hmm. The chief executive leaves 
after less than three months in charge, etc., etc., etc. No head of recruitment. Yeah. The fans saying that who are you going out of Europe, not winning an away game with the first three or four attempts. So you put all that into the mix. So to to um, to come through that and and win the first trophy um, tells you that the, this guy um, absolutely knows his stuff and there is a proper chemistry between the players and the manager. I love the kind of scenes, Paul. Um, yep. When you see Kyogo jump into the manager's arms like yeah. that yesterday in a proper embrace, what was it just nothing wrong with a high five yeah. or, or a wee pat in the head? But when you see a proper embrace, I think that's brilliant to see that kind of relationship between players and the manager. That was his first big signing. He brought him from yeah. the Far East. Here is the manager speaking about Kyogo. But good luck, mate. Trying to trying to keep him out today, mate. There was there was no chance. He would have snuck on the bus and <laughs> snuck into the field at some point without me seeing. Because like I said, he he just he just had it in his head he was going to play today. He wanted he wanted to help the players and he wanted to help the team and he wanted you know he wanted to be part of this and um, again having worked in Japan I know their mentality you know they you know they they they're a really strong culture in 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 fa- facing up to their responsibilities and that's what I think he felt responsible today to go out there and. and Help the players, Gary. It's a great line, isn't it? He would have snuck on the bus there. He almost is <laughs> like the. And yet, in the first half, were you a wee bit worried? You know, he looked. He was a wee bit off the pace. He wasn't chasing back the way he normally would, but it worked for him. Yeah, I mean, I think. Listen, obviously, it was always going to be a risk playing him. Um, almost kind of half injured. I know he, he kind of limped off a wee bit, yeah. but I mean, he's he's a special special player, and he's so likable. I think as well when you. You know, when you see him, he just he just loves the he loves the club. He loves being in Scotland, and you know, I'm, I mean, I don't know if you guys knew. He obviously got Europa League, he got voted yeah. Europa League's goal of the group stage, which is an incredible um, thing to get. But yeah. also, mm-hmm. but I mean, for the for the simple fact that his his second goal as well was was Larson esque for me. It was mm-hmm. absolute touch of class, and and as I say, it's. I'm so delighted for, for Callum McGregor, massive Callum McGregor fan, but also delighted for Ange Postacoglu because he's came to Scotland as an unknown entity, um, a wee bit like Kyogo, mm-hmm. and he's rolled up his sleeves. He's not had a backroom staff, and as, as Mark um, alluded to there, and I think he's just got on with it, and, and I think there's more to come from this team. Yep. Thanks very much. Good call, Gary. Uh, that celebration's yeah. over. Are you going to take it easy tonight? He's just going. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he is. No, no, no. No, no. You take it easy. Thanks for calling, Gary. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Loads of Celtic fans calling in. Callum is on. Uh, Callum, good evening from the CFB podcast. Hi, Callum. Uh, good evening, guys. Um, I, I really enjoyed, obviously, the game yesterday. I was on last week and, and I thought Celtic would win the game. But uh, full credit to Hibs. I thought they, they played particularly well at, at points, Kevin, this, but obviously. Um, had chances hitting the post yeah. and, and having a, a chance saved for Joe Hart as well. So it was a close game, it was a tense game, but but one that obviously I'm, I'm glad Celtic managed to, to see through in the end because you think back to Eddie Howe turning Celtic down because he couldn't get his backroom staff. Ange Postacoglu was willing to basically come over from Japan on his own, which is no mean feat. I know obviously people might say, given his oh. stature in Europe, he had to take the job, but I think it, for him to come over and do it with the current staff that we're at Celtic's admirable I think he's had a, a great impact so far Barry that is a good point isn't it he came from the far east the manager on his Todd himself. yeah <laughs> exactly on his Todd himself um, it takes a bit of time to, to gain trust as well he, he doesn't know the 
the players inside out, uh, or sorry, the coaching staff. So that must have been difficult for him because I would have guessed he would have wanted one or two of his, his, his close um, coaches with him. Um, but listen, he's come over and that, you've got to give him credit for that. Must have been difficult. Um, so yeah, um, and especially not my estimations. Yeah, certainly because it's, it's it must be a hard thing to do. And the coaching staff were through the ringer last season, you know, because they'd gone from being champions to twenty five points behind Rangers. Yep, um, and a lot of people were going on about that about um, Kennedy and yep. let stand they were wanting change, um, but he's he stuck with them, and clearly they've bought into what Postecoglou is trying to do, and you can see that it's a total different brand of football they're playing. And it's an exciting brand of football that, that's really attacking. And they've done the hardest thing. You've got to win the first trophy and they've got that in their locker. And now full attention will go towards the next few games um, in the league. And then the, the big one, obviously, we're all looking forward to in, in January 2nd. Of course, and we'll be on. And Mark and Callum, when you look at the squad, it's really thin. When you look at those who really performed for Celtic yesterday, you know, we mentioned Rogic, uh, Kyogo, um, McGregor, but there were, you know, Carl Starfelt had a really tough game um, and there's deficiencies. They need to sign more players. Christopher Julian, no sign of him back yet, Mark. January is huge because to win a trophy yesterday is brilliant for Celtic. Rangers are seven points clear in the league. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're probably, um, I think if you to give Ange Postecoglou a, a wish list, I think that the, the left-back's kind of sorted out um, from, from Japan. That's as good as done. Um, Adati. He'd probably look at a centre half. Paul would agree with you. Probably looking at a central defender for sure. Perhaps another central um, midfielder because um, likes a sorrow and that's kind of, kind of disappeared. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to happen for him um, at the club. And another another striker. Um, I mean, I know we get Jackie Marcus um, on the sidelines. He's 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 injured at the moment, but I still mm. think you're probably looking for for another one. So look, the signs are positive. It is very good. There's no doubt Celtic will absolutely make a title race of it, may well become champions come May. But I think if you're the manager, um, you want to strengthen from a position of strength, which they are just now by winning the first piece of silverware. And also as well, the board money shouldn't be an object, Paul. And I don't accept this January's a difficult one. Yeah, it's a difficult one, but just go and go on with it. Don't use that as some excuse for not getting players in. It's an important month it's important for further down the line whether you're Celtic or Rangers but you get players the right players in in January and you win the league they've had six months to bed in when you're getting into the Champions League rather than having six days or six weeks to bed in when you, you sign in the summer so get them in the now and spend the money because Celtic should have plenty in the bank to go and spend and bank the manager Callum what would you say? I agree with Mark. I think Celtic need to be proactive in January. I think you need to get the business done early because you think of the summer at the club, a few of the signings came in late on into the window when if the club had secured them earlier, they could have maybe made more of a fist of the games against Mitchelland and, and others in Europe. So I think it's important to, to do the business early. Um, the, the Champions League is obviously a massive carrot for both Celtic and Rangers with the group stage football being an offer for next season if you win the league. So there's no excuses, Mark says, for Celtic to, to sort of sit in their hands. They have got a manager who's come in and delivered a trophy, uh, the first trophy of the season. So he's in the ultimate position of strength, given it's the only trophy he could have won in this time period so far to demand the players that he wants. And 
for the for the board to back him because he's certainly got the supporters on side and the players on side and again as Mark has said you need to build in that momentum Graham Souris always says on Sky buy when you're strong and I think Celtic are strong at the moment but undoubtedly they have to get stronger because Mark's right on Giacomakis I mean he is injured at the moment but from what I've seen of him so far if Kyogo was out for six to eight weeks would he be someone that I'd be confident that Stein would go on and score eight to ten goals in that period. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Not to say he's not capable, but I've just not seen enough so far to think Celtic could cope without Kyogo for an extended period. Yeah, nobody has. Here's the manager speaking about how how is he going to celebrate after the win? Just with my beautiful wife and my boys and the people who are closest to me, and um, take a snapshot of the memory and then file it away, and then. Like I said, tomorrow I get up and, and go again. I've been very fortunate in my career. I've had a lot of success. And with all of them, I, I want to remember them. So for me, that you know, I, I try to take just like little snapshot images in my head that I can remember. Um, and because it, as much as you love the success, it's who you share it with that's important, you know. And, and I want to know in 20 years' time that if I bump into one of these boys or, or we talk about this day, that I remember it as clearly as possible. So, you know, I, I'll... I'll get myself a, a glass of scotch and the finest from here somewhere and uh, have a quiet drink. Barry, I like that. Yeah. yeah. You've got to celebrate. Look, I know Celtic have got a game on Wednesday, but you've got to celebrate the occasion. Look, be professional, but you've got to have a, a glass of scotch. Glasses, well, I wouldn't have a glass of scotch, <laughs> no. that's for sure. But you've got, to, you've got to have a bit of celebration. Sure. Tame it down a wee bit because mm. obviously you've got a, a game um, three yep. days three days mm. later. But I was always a big believer in enjoy the moment because it could be your last. Mm. You never know in football, um, so you've got to enjoy the moment, enjoy the occasion, and then as it rightly says, you wake up and you you focus on what's ahead, and that's a game on Wednesday. Mm. I, I I loved that wee thirty seconds there, Paul. I thought yep. you know it gives you a brilliant insight to the person, mm. Ange Postecoglou. Listen, we, we hear him three or four times a week talking about tactics and team selection and why they scored this goal and why they conceded that goal. But just that moment there, share it with your loved ones. If I bump into one of these guys in 20 years' time, I want to know. It was actually, it sounded quite emotional there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Paul, he's won a trophy. As I say, he's been through a lot. Things have been going well for him, but he's had a lot of hurdles behind the scenes to contend with at Celtic Park. But he's managed to keep the group together, keep them on side with him, get the supporters on side and go and win a, win a trophy but for me that 30 seconds there was a uh, a brilliant insight into to Ange Postecoglou as a person and Callum there's a headline today I think Tam McMahon is saying in the paper uh, gone in 14 seconds you know Hibs saw here's a chance they're one up in Glasgow against uh, one of the old firm against Celtic and then that moment quickly taken um, through to Kyogo two touches bang um, was that the highlight for you is that when you thought this is on Absolutely, and um, a lot of people obviously are talking about the second goal, the, the last call of talking about it being Larson-esque, and it was, mm-hmm. but even that first goal, the, the, the touch and the finish were, were absolutely fantastic, and to hit back so quickly after after going behind was impressive, because in any game when you go behind, never mind a showpiece final, you, you do get nervous that it could become very cagey and it's not going to be your day, so to hit back um, early was great, and, and I, I think as Mark said, with Ange Postacoglu he said a lot of hurdles in the six months and given the Michelin game to rewind very right back to the start of his reign if you were to say then that Celtic would win a trophy and be potentially going into the, the Rangers game in the 2nd of January being one one away from going within a point of Rangers or a couple of points of Rangers I think most or if not all Celtic fans would have taken that because last season was incredibly tough 
the current staff, as you've said, Paul, were a part of that. Yep. Nobody expects mm-hmm. them to stay on. So mm-hmm. it's been a massive turnaround, but hopefully um, they can strengthen again and go again. Because as Barry, I'm sure, would, would tell you in the studio, when, you've, when you're in a position of strength and you bring in those one or two players, it just lifts the whole group and that's what Celtic need. Well, you've all said that, Barry. Bring them in. Even when a team's playing well, that's the time. When you're on yep. top. Yep. yep. And I believe Rangers will try and do the same thing. I mean, it's clear that Celtic are going to strengthen. No doubt about it. But I think Rangers will as well. Because um, they're obviously in top of the league. Seven points. Look, a game in front of Celtic. Um, no doubt about it. But I think it's going to be really important. And I'm looking forward to January. Because Celtic are clearly going to do a lot of business. And I think Rangers will do some business as well. James, our producer, we're going to have to check here because the bylaws. Callum, you mentioned uh, Kyogo and Henrik Larsson. I mentioned it about a month ago and John Hartson um, wasn't happy at all. Do you remember? We're going to get the cutout for tomorrow night. John Hartson's going to be on. Can you mention Kyogo and Henrik Larsson? Because no, a lot of people... Not yet. But, but Callum, I mean, um, he gave them uh, such a moment, a couple of moments yesterday. Can you... I'm not saying can you compare them, but people are beginning to say Kyogo is the new Larsson. I think it's it's any time it's like when people are nicknamed the new Messi, it's a it's a, a nickname <laughs> that you probably don't want to get because obviously Henrik Larsson's record at Celtic is is untouchable in the modern era. But in terms of exciting the fans, he's definitely had an incredible impact. I think it's sixteen goals is it in twenty five games. I think that's a great start and maybe people are just getting a wee bit carried away. But I think <laughs> after last season, as I say, Celtic fans need a bit of hope and for Kyle go to be to be mentioned in the same breath as last and the ultimate compliment. So I'm sure he'll take that even if John Hartson's maybe not willing to take it quite at the moment. <laughs> Thanks Callum. All the best to you. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. The Go Radio Football Show. It's the Monday evening edition. We're with uh, the legend Barry Ferguson, broadcasting legend... Just let me check it. Yeah, Mark Guidi is with us. I don't know why I do that. I know he'll come back. Cheers, Rob. Rob will be back with us tomorrow night. That's the good news. He's back from his winter break. He's been on every other channel he can find. BT Sports. That's right, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. That was him interviewing Ange at the end, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. He was in. He was in great. He was in great but form. Yeah. Questions were one of the best, brother. Oh, oh, he's got, he's got a lot well. <laughs> He'll be on tomorrow night with Stephen Cragen uh, and John Harson. So oh. it's like the Premier Sports team. It's uh, Celtic who lifted the Premier Sports Cup yesterday at Hamden. What nearly fifty thousand there? Hibs came. David Gray in charge. Uh, naturally disappointed to lose, um, and that was his third game. Disappointment is an element I mean, I was really proud of the players. I thought the way they handled the way they've handled everything in the last ten days has been a credit to them, and I, I, I said that to them after the game that I thanked them for all the hard work and effort they've given me absolutely everything. Myself and Eddie, absolutely everything. I thought we were good in the game. I thought the boys gave me absolutely everything. I said to them before the game, as long as you can give absolutely everything and come away for the game with no regrets, you'll be in a good place come the end of the game. And unfortunately, we just couldn't get get over the line. Strikes me, Barry, as a total pro. Yep, and uh, and listen. What you're saying there, I've got to agree. I, I think Hibs did give them mm-hmm. everything they had. It was just that wee bit of quality um, that they suffered with. Uh, look, I look at Hibs. They're, they've got good players. There's no doubt about it. Um, but look, for me, the better team won yesterday. But he's got to be proud. Yeah, that's that's 10 days he's been manager of Hibs. He's um, he's an absolute legend there. We obviously 2016. So that would have been a proud moment 
for him um, and as what he said the, the players they gave him everything and that's all you can ask as a, a manager the new manager was announced this morning Sean Maloney as we revealed last week it was going to be him Mark do you think in some ways it's strange that he wasn't involved at all I know it wasn't his team it was Jack Ross's team David Gray had it for the three games what do you feel? I always think as soon as you get a job you know you, you should be in there so look the bottom is probably, he's not been officially appointed until today it wasn't like he was appointed on, on Friday I dare say the deal was as good as done um, but I, I, I just think that if you're a manager you should want to get involved yeah. um, right, a day, uh, right away there was a chance to go and win um, a, a cup yesterday but you know, maybe didn't he want to disrupt the setup? Didn't want to disrupt the preparation that, that David Gray has put. And at the end of the day, David Gray had a, had a, a win and a draw um, yeah. under his belt. So, um, and to be fair to David Gray, I mean, Hibs did give uh, their all. Um, they had a really good chance to force it to, to extra time, but couldn't quite manage it. Celtic winning two one. We're going back on the lines. Oh eight, oh eight, seventeen, seventeen, seven hundred. Let's hear briefly from Ange Postecoglou about David Turnbull, who went off injured. Yeah, Dave will say he looked like. You know, a hamstring and, and look the amount of games we're playing at the moment um, we're just suffering because uh, because of that and obviously not being able to rotate the squad a lot you know it's hurting us at the moment so we're picking up these injuries so we'll just see how he is um, Kevin's on the line Celtic fan from Motherwell hi Kevin hey. hi good you okay you well I'll be okay yeah. well um, yeah. a buzzing like Jarrah Waspey first trophy in the cabinet so. <laughs> that was the wee boxer wasn't it Charlie Flynn that was his line as well wasn't uh, it Charlie Flynn he stayed in my way Charlie Flynn but uh, aye yeah. it was, um, it, was uh, it was a brilliant day it was after last season last season was an absolute nightmare so to get the first uh, trophy in the bag is, is brilliant and um, you'd feel for David Turnbull just hearing the manager uh, speaking about him there you could see the anguish in his face uh, it's a shame because uh, you know he's He's a Celtic fan, he's a, it's a cup final, so it's a big day for him, but, you know, Barry will tell you yourself, I, I'm, he, he hasn't been a Rangers man, if it happened to him, you know, you'd be distraught if it was your first cup final for your team, you know what I mean, so, but I think, and just made the point, maybe it's, it's the, the amount of games that you're playing and the intensity of the Celtic player, you know, it's, it's not, we can't rotate the squad, so, you know, the players are feeling it, so, I think in January, that's what I say to your producer, I think, mm-hmm. We need we need two or three, four signings in January, and you know hopefully we'll be all set. But um, uh, yesterday was a brilliant day. But I think um, Mark had said uh, I heard Mark Greedy saying some of the the Japanese bought the left backs out of the line, but it was just a, just to maybe correct him a wee bit. The guy's not a left back. He's a he's a he's a centre mid. Uh, there was a Japanese football expert on a Celtic podcast, a really popular Celtic podcast. And he said uh, it was it was all about Rio Hatate. And he says before I start, I just need to point out to everybody: this guy is not a left back. He played he played left back for ten, twelve games and uh, an emergency left back because the club had three left backs and they all get injured at the same time. Kevin, that's a good shout. To be fair, I said left back, so that's me. I'll do my oh, homework. Yeah, sorry, yeah, no, it was me. It wasn't Mark. Mark. Sorry, Mark. Oh no, no, Mark's oh, much better. He's much better at the no, than I, I am. I thought he was a left back. Yeah. But anyway, look, I, yeah. I, I stand there. It's good. Um, that's good, good to um, know, Kevin. Yeah, Thanks for that, sure. Kevin. Yep. Um, but uh, the guys, he's meant to be a decent player. Yeah. Guys in Maida, he's meant to be good. Mm-hmm. So my hope is, is that they, they get, and you guys will be better educated than me here. How does that work? We. I mean, how is that going to work with work permits and stuff like that? Especially, maybe no Maida, but Hatati. I mean, would he be able to sign on the first and leave Jeff straight there? Would he have to wait? I mean, I don't know if you know how that works, but that might be a wee bit of hold-up. So I'm not sure if the Japanese boys can come in 
and play straight away. I certainly know Ida Gucci. He he definitely falls into that category because he's not got enough caps. The other two, I'm not too sure about. So, um, the reason I'm saying the first is I kind of think we need bodies in for the Rangers game. Sure. To be honest, they're not going to come off the plane though on the first and play in the second. I very much doubt it. I think it'll be the first game back. That's a Scottish Cup game. Well, I hope they're not fit for the Scottish Cup game because yeah. <laughs> they play Alaba. Alaba, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't see them being in for the the second of January. Listen, mate, we, we don't. I, I don't really know the situation um, for for work permits. That might be something that Celtic are doing just now that they can get it over the line for the 1st of January but I'm not too sure it's something that I'll need to look into um, but I can't see them being available for the, the old firm game in the 2nd of January but in terms of David Turnbull I did feel from look me being obviously an ex-Rangers player mm. he's had a tough time David Turnbull yeah. forget mm. about where he, his move didn't get through he was out for a season he comes and he comes into a, a Celtic team last year which I thought he'd done well it struggled mm. um, so that's his first major cup final and he pulls up with a with a hamstring, you've got to feel for players um, when that happens because he's seen, seen the way he was when he was sitting on the bench. He was absolutely um, devastated because um, you want to play your part in the cup final. It's just one of the things that happen in football. But look, David Turnbull's been a very good signing for Celtic. Um, I think he's come in and shown that he can play week in, week out at a high, high level. Mark and Kevin, what do you feel about Carter Vickers on loan from Tottenham? Kevin, would you like Celtic to sign him? Uh, listen, I was on another radio show that uh, before, and um, I've said I would love us to sign him. I think Daniel Levy, as soon as, as soon as he slapped the ten million quid on him, I didn't like the guy like half of the like most of the Tottenham supporters. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just he's not the guy's not worth ten million, but is he worth six, seven million? Probably, I. Yeah, but Daniel Levy is going to remember he's at the age. You're not going to get that money back. Whatever exactly. you invest in right, yeah. Carter Vickers. You're not gonna get that money back. He's no like Jota or you know Joe Aribo or something like that. Rangers, sure. you're, you're not gonna sell them one for massive money. You know, massive money. It's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a long term commitment. We we very little profit mm-hmm. back. So see, see the problem you've got, Kevin, is see down in the championship, ten million pounds, nothing even in the championship. That's the problem, isn't yeah. it? Yep, that's the yep. problem no, no. that Celtic are going to have with Vickers. Mm-hmm. Um, cause would Vickers would Vickers take that drop though, Barry? Would he? Would he go? I know he's done it before with Bournemouth, right? But would he come up and sample what he sampled at Celtic and go? Ah, sorry, I'll just go. To, I'll just go. To, but I don't know some middle sure. of the road Middlesbrough or mm-hmm. some of that in the Championship. You know what I mean? Would, would he, it depends on the player's mentality. Money talks nowadays. You know what I mean? But some players, some players' money's no everything. So hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully we can sort something out. But he's he's been a standout and. You could see him absolutely raging with Starfelt. You could see if you watch the replay before the goal, he's actually telling Starfelt, Stone there, this yeah. is your position. And then the guy gets away from Starfelt and he turns and he's absolutely fuming with him and no but no wonder. Yep. You could see that, Mark, couldn't you? Yeah, there, there was, a, was. was a bit of frustration there. In terms of it being permanent, um, Paul, Carter Vickers, I, I think the benefit when, you, when you're a manager and you like what you see, and clearly Carter Vickers is, is a quality player and, and is, you know very, very comfortable in, in Scottish football, is that you've got somebody that's ready-made, there's no language barrier, he knows the team, he knows the club, he's got clearly got the mentality to cope with playing like a massive club um, like Celtic. So, so that's all ticks. What the fee's going to be, it's out of Celtic's control, um, but it's up to them whether they want to meet it or not. But the, the, the key thing, is, is, as Barry says, tell, 10 million quid, is a hell of a lot of money. That that, that would smash um, Celtic's um, transfer record. 
If I put myself in Celtic shoes, would I pay £10 million for Cartler Vickers? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Would I pay six? Yeah. Mm. All day long. Would I pay £10 million for Jota? Yes, I would. But I wouldn't for Carter Vickers. So you, you weigh all those things up. It's whether Celtic can do a deal. And that's where Michael Nicholson and, and the board need to be creative, come up with something to, to try and um, get it over line with the Spurs. But the other thing is, eight, nine, ten million quid down the road is not a lot of money. Also as well, he could go to a good championship club and get 40 grand a week. You look at Ryan Christie. He left Celtic to go to a championship club because there's more money. Um, and often if players want to do that I'd, I would never criticise them for it Paul it's their right to go and earn as much um, as they can So, but it's hard for the fans here yeah, isn't it yeah it, it you know, is 50, and it's hard to replace them you yep. know, it's really difficult yep. to get a centre half really mm. difficult and this guy's up to it um, so look just to wait and see do I think Carter Vickers will be at Celtic next season I think it's 50-50 Paul ok here's the manager speaking about uh, the Japanese players that he looks as though he's, he's going after obviously I have an advantage you know maybe if, if I hadn't coached on that side, managed on that side of the world that, you know, I'd have the same sort of scepticism about whether, you know, their talent could transfer to, to European football, I guess more particularly Scottish football because Japanese players in general have had a great deal of success on the continent, you know. They've, they've had fantastic careers in the Bundesliga, in, in places like Holland and, and Italy, so they're a good pedigree and, you know, one or two have done had great careers in, in the Premier League, so I guess I have that added advantage and, you know, when I took over, I was definitely going to use that, you know, and, and look, Kyogo was always going to be my sort of, you know, first pick because I, witnessing it firsthand, the player he was, um, I had no doubt he'd be successful for us. Kevin, can we ask you something completely different? Have you seen the Harry Kane tackle, will we call it a tackle, um, on Andy Robertson, on the Scotland captain, Barry, first of all, You've seen it a few times. What do you I make of it? Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a badging. Um, he only got booked for it, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. The booking. A yellow card. Yeah, it's, it's over. I mean, he's lucky. Again, Andy Robertson's off the ground. If his foot's planted, yeah, he's broken, he's, he's broken something there. Yeah. No doubt about it. Luckily, the Scotland captain did. Do you think the special treatment, because it's the England captain? 100%. Yeah, absolutely no doubt about that. If that's another player, if that was a centre-half, that's going to be a red card. And for it not to go to VAR to be reviewed that's it, that's was absolutely crazy wrong. Thing as well. Yeah, as but well. it's a red card all day long. And the Andy Robertson went to VAR because he booked Andy Robertson, um, the referee Tierney, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, uh, but they didn't with Harry Kane. It's unbelievable. Yeah, then the inconsistency, Paul, but there's, there's no doubt that they alluded to it on Match of the Day last night as well. Alan Shearer, former England captain, the should the England captain, there's a... There's a nervousness about yeah. upsetting the, the the captains. Absolutely no doubt about it. That was a centre half or a centre, um, a centre mid that was granted a tackle like that. They'd, they'd have been given their matching orders. So much on the go today. We're going to hear from Giovanni van Bronckhurst next. More from Celtic later after lifting the cup. Rangers at the weekend sort of quietly went seven points clear. It wasn't a classic, but Rangers took the points 1 0 against Dundee United. Livy and Ross County 1 1. Hearts stay third, a one goal victory at Dundee. And Motherwell. 2-0 against St Johnson. St Johnson now at the bottom on their own and 14 points. And in the championship, um, well, one of the top managers has gone just after five on Saturday. The game was abandoned. Kilmarnock, Dunfermline, Tommy Wright has gone. Did that surprise you, Barry? That I know the weekend before there was a problem with the fans. He'd sort of mm. applauded his own fans and uh, it was beginning to look... I mean, they, they have to get promotion, don't they? 
Yeah, with the size of the budget they've yep. got, no doubt about it. I'm sure if you asked Tommy, he would he wouldn't have been happy with with, with the results. Um, but you never like to see managers go. Um, we were speaking about it off air, and Mark made a brilliant um, comment, which I've not, I've not even thought of. Sacked, I don't like the word. And when I yep. thought about it, it's not a nice, not a nice word. Um, but you never like to see managers lose their job. Tommy Wright was obviously under pressure to get got up. They've decided to to make a change. Um, but I always liked Tommy Wright. I mean, you just need to see the job he done at St. Johnson. Oh, phenomenal. Before Callum took over. It was a brilliant job he done up there. Um, and then there was another manager loses his job, Jim, Jim Duffy, who's got a yep. wealth of experience. Again, knows the game inside out. Uh, only in the job for three months. And he's out of job today. And so, But the, listen, it's a crazy world. The management. And who is going to take over at Kilmarnock? Some of the names we'll talk about them a wee bit later. Going to the break, but it could it be Derek? Could it be Derek McInnes? Would he take it? Would Kilmarnock be big enough for the former Aberdeen fan? Kelly fans will say absolutely. And what about uh, Jack Ross? Jack Ross, yeah. There's well, there's there's clearly a working relationship there with James Fowler, who's a, the the head of football, director of football um, at, at Kilmarnock. So yeah, been interesting. Where I think it's a right good job for someone. Mm. It's a really good setup. We all know it's a massive club. When I mean, you look at where. But it just shows as well, it's a warning to all clubs how quickly things can change. You know, Kilmarnock, what, third place three years ago, qualifying yeah. for Europe. Steve Clark, you know, getting 10,000 mm-hmm. fans in at their home games. And, um, you know, since Steve Clark uh, left, they got the appointment wrong with uh, uh, Angelo Alessio. It was in Alec Dyer. I thought Tommy Wright would be a good fit. I thought Tommy would have kept him up uh, last season. But um, clearly they're not. They're not hanging about, they're not messing about, but I think it's a really good opportunity to go and get a hold of Kilmarnock and take them up. Sure is. Quick break and then we're back with Barry and Mark. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, Thanks, Chris. Rangers winning on Saturday. Seven points atop of the table ahead of Celtic. Uh, Giovanni van Bronckhaar spoke about that one-goal victory. It was tighter than people thought it was going to be. What did he say at half-time to the players? Well, I, say, I said enough in half-time. I mean, it's, of course, you want, you want to coach players what they have to do. They aren't doing that. You have to change that. So I tried to do it um, during the first half. You know, I think our positioning in the, on the pitch wasn't always ideal. So we had to um, change that at, at half-time. But, you know, just uh, the overall performance could have done better. You know, I'm there to tell that to my players. They are very uh, open in receiving uh, coaching moments. You know, sometimes, you know, I've been now a uh, coach for many years. Uh, I know that you cannot play uh, the highest uh, level every game, every game, especially in a very uh, difficult uh, period like we, ha- we are having now. So that's why I'm, I'm pleased uh, with, with the win. David from Cumbernauld is on, a Rangers fan. Good evening, David. You're through to Barry, Mark and Paul. Good evening. Evening, everybody. How are you doing? Great guys. Uh, obviously, we're uh, upcoming uh, Christmas period. Uh, obviously, December is a really important month for both sides of the old fun. But towards the end of the the December period, we're going to have a, a big match. You might know about it. It's coming up very no? soon. Uh, the old fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to know what who the panel's predict, predicting at this point. Who's going to walk away with the three points? What do you think? I think it'll be close. But I think it'll be closer than what uh, it has been in recent years. Um, Celtic have done quite well, considering they've not got a great um, strength and depth. But Rangers have really rejuvenated themselves under Giovanni von Bronckhorst. I think they're starting to look dangerous, but not quite there yet. 
but I think we will win when it comes to the end. Of it. I think it will be a one or a two nil. Mark Goody, what do you think? Two weeks, well, 13 days out. Yeah, it's brilliant. We're talking about this. <laughs> I days days yeah. Yeah, David's uh, right. It's one that, that we all look forward to uh, for sure. It's no, I know what he's sitting in the fence, David, but you know, there's still three league games to go before we get there. Yeah. Team selection, injuries, suspensions. At the moment, really tough to call, but um, if supporters are allowed into the into the game, Celtic home advantage. Um, I'd possibly make Celtic slight favourites um, just now. Um, and it's been a while since Celtic have won um, an old firm game, unless I'm mistaken. Was it the Cup final two years ago? Yeah, League um, Cup final. And I, I think maybe the last time they won a, a league game was at Ibrox two and a half years ago, possibly, um, unless I'm yeah. mistaken. I might be wrong. I, I've not um, researched it at the moment. I didn't expect a call um, on it tonight. But... Um, one thing I do know, David, I think it'll be a cracking 90 minutes. Really do. I think it'll be really open. Um, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst going back to, to Celtic Park as Rangers manager. At the moment, his team doing very, very well. He said, not a great performance on Saturday, but they won and they got a clean sheet. So that's a, another sign. I think some of his players are doing particularly well um, too. But for Celtic, they'll get so much confidence from winning a cup yesterday. But you then got to kick on and it starts again on Wednesday night, a really tough um, away game. Um, in Paisley against St Mirren then a tough away game in Boxing Day um, at St Johnston so there's some really interesting fixtures to come between now and January the 2nd so I'd give a prediction near the time but at this moment in time um, without making a prediction I would say that Celtic ever so slight favourites which means David keep listening between now and next year <laughs> yep it's the 31st of March 2019 so yeah two years and nine months since uh, Celtic beat Rangers 2-1 Barry what do you feel just now I guess it's in a way we're saying what, what, yeah, the squad what was it 13 playing? days yeah. to go before the game mm-hmm. Mark's made a good comment there is three games in between that barn inju- injuries and suspensions everybody's got everybody fit I think Rangers are the strongest team mm-hmm. have the strongest squad um, away from home it's slightly different you go to your fiercest rivals at Celtic Park but looking at both teams now I think Rangers are the better team to go and win it Barry yep. go and win it Celtic yep. Park yep. no no, easily uh-huh. I think it'll be very very close but nip and tuck 1-0 2-1 but you need to wait to see Aye. who's available Barisic is out injured is he going to come back is Jota going to come back for, for Celtic um, as you said there might be suspensions that's why Joe Arable was left out at the weekend um, get left out on the bench so you need to wait closer at the time but if both squads are available mm. and everybody's fit, yep, Rangers for me, I've it's, got the stronger squad. It's funny when you think, Barry, we were in this studio, we were watching it and bringing it to the listeners in January the 3rd, wasn't it, this year, at the start of the year, um, Judgment Day, whatever it was, and Alan McGregor could have changed the the the, uh, the title because, remember, Griffiths came close. Yeah, Alan, it was a magnificent save. I, mean, if, I don't know how many times we speak about yeah. the threes, about how important goalkeepers are. They win you games, yep. Alan McGregor. I remember that, that fingertip save, the one that Lee Gra- Griffiths hit for about 25 yeah, yards. Yeah, that's right. High up to his right-hand side. Mm, yep. you seen that yesterday for talking sake, for Celtic in the cup final. Joe Hart mm-hmm. came up with a couple of big saves. Mm-hmm. That's how important goalkeepers are. Um, but we just need to wait. It's far too early for me to make a prediction, but we just need to wait closer to the time to see who's all available and who's fit and free of injury and suspension. i tell you what, if, if, if Barry's, I know it's not a prediction, it's a hunch at the moment, 
But if that's right, if Rangers go to Celtic Park and win, what a massive step that is towards it. If it remains a four-point difference mm-hmm. getting into the game, you know, an incentive for Rangers is to leave Celtic Park seven points ahead. And if they do that, that takes the title out of Celtic's hands because there's only two old firm games remaining. Mm. So Celtic would be looking for a favour from elsewhere. The flip side is you win the home game and you reduce the, the deficit to one point and then it's absolutely it's game on. Game, yep. You know, it's game 100%. on and, and if you're Ange Postecoglou, you are in there demanding, get my players in. This is who I need to deliver the I title, th- A, B, C and D. Before the kick-off, it's still going to be four points. I believe Rangers and Celtic will win all their games leading up to that that game. So that's how important it can be. Rangers go seven or Celtic close the gap to a point. David, who's the player of the year so far for you with Rangers? Uh, there's absolutely no question. <laughs> it's Joe Aribo. We'll all say it together. <laughs> yep, Aribo. Maybe yep. else in that last time. You're talking about Alan McGregor there as well. Um, I hate to think we're, we're going to have to go for it to try and replace him. He's wow. an unreplaceable man. He's probably the goalkeeper of the, the modern age for Rangers, barring maybe one or two other names, Andy Gorham's, etc. Mm. Um, I just don't, I can't even think of anybody that's going to come anywhere near him and it's going to be sad to see him go when he does go as well. But Barry said a few days ago, for the first time, what do you think about Alan McGregor for the following season? Is he going to play? Yeah, I think he's looking fresh again. Um, certainly watching the game at Tynecastle for me obviously was left out a couple of games I don't know whether that was through just rest or whether he had a, a couple of niggles um, we all know he had a back problem a, a number of years ago which resulted in him having to retire for Scotland um, and get more rest but for me I think he's looking back to his best and looks fit he looks lean he's pulling off some top saves again don't be surprised if he, he decides to stay on because um, I'm sure all Rangers fans will be desperate for him to stay on for another season David yeah, absolutely 100% um, I think there's a young goalkeeper in there that he filled in for us for a few wee games and he was absolutely amazing I'd like to see him get one or two wee more chances but other than that I want to keep a hoddy Al McGregor as long as possible but hopefully he gets some sort of position later on too who, who doesn't because he's absolutely I mean, and look at Craig Gordon at Hearts there and David Marshall when he was playing and hopefully we'll be back in the new year goalkeepers seem to get better and better Mark don't they they, they do yeah. experience uh, they're, they're, it must be they're, they're brilliant you know, I think for any goalkeeper you know, I think um, Xander Clark was interviewed a couple of weeks ago and talked about Xander Clark's 29 a top oh, goalkeeper himself baby but he's saying that he's the inspiration that he's getting from watching Craig Gordon and Alan McGregor this season two Scotland guys he's working with Craig Gordon now in the Scotland squad he's saying thank God I'm a decade younger than them. They're inspiring me to think I've got another 10 years yeah, 100%. Um, left in me. So it, it's a brilliant all-round story. A part of these guys are doing the business week in, week out at the highest level, still having that hunger to train every day and produce uh, performances like they've been doing. They're an inspiration to the next generation. I, I was going to say barn injury. He's got every chance of playing until he's 39, um, 40. But you think about Alan McGregor had a serious back problem when he was at Hull City. Craig Gordon nearly retired right, yeah. knee injury yeah. he did he'd, so, he'd done the insurance and all yeah, that, that that's so, where yeah. when I'm watching both of these keepers I'm sitting back and thinking they had career threatening injuries and look at them now it looks like they've never had an injury that's credit to how hard they've worked mm. um, and the quality 
from both of them that we've just mentioned, Alan McGregor and Craig Gordon, they're top class goalkeepers. David, that's an hour into the programme. We haven't mentioned Christmas. Are you organised? <laughs> uh, I bought everything bar one, one present. That's why I'm hoping for another Christmas present, three points for the old bum. <laughs> <laughs> Was yesterday a tough day for you though? Because you missed out in a cup final again. Uh, I think it's you can't get everything at once. Um, of, of course, you want every title you can lay your horns on as as a supporter. You know, um, I think it's, it's ever since Gerard Callum he has had a wee bit of that problem, but he has been rebuilding the team as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, we can walk away at the end of the season with a cup double. I think that's possible. You're going for the double, David. Thanks for calling. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot all under one roof ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK with taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees they even throw in registration and 12 months road tax so if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi where would you go the taxicenter.com trade only the go radio football show with the taxi center save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across skoda toyota ford seat and more let's go go So many calls coming in to Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi, Paul Cooney on the Monday evening. Tomorrow night, Rob McLean will be here with John Hartson, fresh from the cup final yesterday. He's a big man in good form. Barry, you would see some of it. Mark as well, I was in the studio, obviously we could see him on. He would be in good form. Yeah, um, you know, I think the the, the Premier Sport uh, production, you know, excellent. You know, Ali McCoy, Chris Sutton, uh, John Hartson, you know, uh, really strong um, lineup and uh, you know good chemistry between them um, as well. So yeah, all in good form. So John will be here tomorrow night along with Stephen Craigan, who is also on the commentary. Of course, Barry, as you well know, we don't hear the commentary here in the studio. We'll be here on the second of January. How many sleeps to go <laughs> until that? That's, That's crazy, crazy isn't it? Three no, games. It's, before. it's five till five till Christmas. Yeah. I know that. Oh, well, so let's let's do Christmas. Christmas. Let's do Christmas. You love Christmas. Oh, Are you looking it. forward to it? Yeah, excited. Um, woke up this morning. And I'm thinking to myself, four more sleeps and then hopefully yeah. have a few nice presents. You're, not, go, you're love... not going to the panto, are you? Yeah, no. listen. No, you're not, are you? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I know what you're trying to do here, come he, on. He just said, I love, stepped at, you see it? I love Christmas Eve because yeah. obviously the full family, the kids, their partners, we go out for a bit of lunch and then we go to the, the pantomime um, this year. We'll go and see um, Grado and Shell Suit Bobber in it. Brilliant. Pavilion. So I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. that. It's a wee Ferguson. Fantastic, show. and the goodies, Mark and Anne and the girls and the goodies. That's so good of you, Barry. Live on air, the Christmas surprise on Friday on Christmas Eve. Well, James as well. <laughs> James will be wearing a hat. Oh, you'd have to sell one of the Rolls Royces. That'd be great. It's brilliant. I hope everyone has a good Christmas. Oh, what are you doing in Christmas Eve? Um, what we're we doing? Yep, yeah, just quiet. I would imagine. I would hope. Um, yeah, with the family, I would yeah, hope on. Quite have it with yeah, the family. Yeah, exactly. I love it. It's yeah. just it's a brilliant time of the year. Yeah, um, love love Christmas. Fantastic. I think this year after everything that's happened. Well, exactly. Yeah, I know. I just want to it's been it. such a I difficult time, yeah. and over Definitely. the weekend, so much, so many games in England uh, were postponed. We were lucky here in Scotland. We can hope from today. There's daily testing, isn't there, yeah. Mark? In the yeah. since Premiership, so yeah. every club has to do. 
is a PCR. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you know one of the things that's just you know that's getting flagged up is a slight concern with, with, with clubs as Paul. For example, you know, if you're having a day off, you know, just entitled to have a day off. I mean, surely twice a week's enough, maybe three of times course. a week, yeah. but every day, not counting the expense, but just you know, like you know, sometimes you've just got to switch off, especially at this time of um, at this time of year. If you're getting a day off or two days it's off, a great point. to spend um, yeah. with the family. So I think that's a concern that's been raised. So it might get laxed up a, a wee bit. I'm not sure. It must must be difficult for the full time players. They've got lives, yeah. they've got families, they've got young kids, and yeah. um, they want to be going to these. Well, I don't know if they can. I don't think they can risk it if they want to go to a, a pantomime and take their kids. If they want yep. to go and see the Christmas lights somewhere, they've got to be really wary. Um, so look. A lot of people think it's a, a great life. It is a great life being a professional footballer, yep. but during these times, it's difficult for the professionals. Here's John, a Celtic fan on the line. John, good evening. How are you doing, panel? Good. Yourself? How was you? Were you celebrating last night? Yeah, I certainly <laughs> was. It was, uh, it was honestly, it was a phenomenal day. Um, phenomenal day for Celtic Football Club and uh, for um, everyone around the football club. And uh, honestly, I was so delighted that... Uh, and got his first trophy under his belt here in Scotland. Why? What is it you feel about Ange? Because we know we've been talking about a special relationship. What What do you feel about him? What is it about him that has galvanised the Celtic fans the way that he has? For me, I think it's clear messaging. I think you know with Ange, he he knows exactly what he wants from his players. Um, he knows the type of football that um, he wants us to play. And um, it's an ongoing process with fans, I think. Um, I think he wants to ensure that, uh, you know, the consistency with attacking is kept up. And, you know, um, I think the, there was somebody mentioned in a, in a radio show, I think out in Australia, and it talked about um, defenders, you know, being at their most susceptible straight after a goal. And um, that proved evidence yesterday with Kyogo um, scoring literally seconds after Hibs. Um I don't know what you guys thought of it. Uh, what was your what was your thinking behind that? Well, let's hear from him first about that conceding the goal. After the game, it's hard to sort of have a clear analysis, but I just felt comfortable that okay, we weren't creating a lot, but we were still more threatening and we were still controlling the game. And like I said, I don't think they'd been in our box. I think that was the first time from that corner, and um, you know it was disappointing to concede from it. Uh, so I didn't feel sort of that. Anxiety. I, I, look, I, I think if we didn't get an immediate response, then potentially, yeah, you know, they would have had a chance to maybe slow the game down and, and, and close things up. But you know, heading back straight away was was brilliant for us um, because it just, if anything, gave, gave us a bit more men- momentum to keep going. Barry, you're a manager. That's something you look out for. Yeah, but that was that was crucial that they responded straight away. I always believe when you score a goal, you're you're most vulnerable right after it for two or three minutes. A bit of concentration sometimes goes so. Celtic clearly took advantage of that because um, I think if it went three, four, five, six minutes, then what Postacoglu said there, they could have frustrated and sat behind the ball and made it really difficult. So the key for Celtic for me was winning it, was responding straight away when Hibs scored that goal. And Mark, they didn't have a lot on the bench. So if the game had gone on for a long time, Kyogo, you would imagine, may well have um, you know, struggled later on, but yeah. to get the goal immediately was crucial. Yeah, uh, it was. I think Ange Postecoglou was right because you know Hibs were Celtic were dominating the game, but it wasn't like you know Messi was pulling off save after save. Um, you know they had plenty of the ball without proper penetration. Um, I would say, and had you know with Hibs going ahead, had they managed to hold out for four or five minutes, then yeah, they could have killed the game. They could have slowed it down, um, try to break up Celtic momentum because Celtic no doubt would have had a, 
a right go at them in the, in the last sort of 25 minutes but the, the piece of quality and um, that's what four and a half million pounds gets you but to be honest had, had Celtic paid Edward money for Kyogo Paul you couldn't have complained you know if, it, if they paid eight or nine million quid for the guy when you look at the quality that he brought to Hamden Park yesterday and those two uh, finishes on the back of getting the, the, the goal of the uh, Europa League then he, he, has, he has something um, he has something pretty special I see Chris Sutton this morning was saying the squad was in disarray the fans were in mutiny and he had a load of players who simply didn't look interested that's why this cup win is so significant for gutsy Celtic boss Postacoglu John that sums it up doesn't it? And just brought the just this disbelief at Celtic that um, was all, all kind of a bit when I missed last season but um, you know obviously the fans coming in and just kind of um, he's galvanised uh, all the players that are there but you know bringing in his own uh, players has also um, you know got us up to a standard where Celtic fans can just be so proud of our team uh, I think it's uh, crucial that obviously we continue uh, you know the, the form that we're in um, and you know where does this leave us going towards the 2nd of January yeah good point well he wants more success you know, when, when I took on this role whilst no one knew of me. I certainly knew what I was undertaking, and particularly after last year, that this football club cannot go two or three years without success. And and I knew that me accepting this position, that was the expectation. I wanted that, and I wouldn't have accepted the role um, if I didn't want that responsibility. And you can't guarantee success, but I, I, I was determined that 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 was the goal. It wasn't going to take me, you know, any length of time to get there. I wanted to get there as soon as possible because that's what the expectations of any Celtic manager is. Just like every other Celtic manager, you don't rest on your laurels. You know, the expectations are you get up tomorrow morning and you work towards the next one. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, when you think back, you mentioned there the kind of the headlines from Chris Sutton's column, and I don't know if John would agree. John's a Celtic fan, but I just wonder that the Celtic fans were probably scunnered with with uh, Eddie Howe and, and what happened with that debacle and then they found a guy who said yeah do you know what okay you might not have heard of me I've been offered the job and I want it I'm going to embrace this job and it's maybe a bit of of defiance like you could probably say Postacoglu was a an underdog coming into the job because nobody really heard of him his work had all been on the other side of the of the world he wasn't really known in Europe and the Celtic fans have thought well do you know what this guy's not messing us about he's coming in let's get behind him and I think I can remember from his first press conference, um, Paul and, and obviously Craig Moore had given us all the benefit of, the, of his experience of working with him and Craig spoke very highly um, about him. I, I do remember saying, I don't know if the guy's going to be a successful manager of Celtic. We don't know that yet. But what I do know is I like the cut of his jib. I like his personality. I like what he says. I like how he says it. And he's now going on to back that up with showing that he absolutely deserves to be the Celtic manager. Barry? Yeah, he's delivered. Uh, that that's a crucial thing and uh, listen to him he, he clearly believes in himself and he's got a certain way of playing um, and it makes it more exciting for Scottish football that's as well yeah. It, it, it does what he's come in and what he's achieved in a short period of time the players that he's brought in because there has been a lot of change in the Celtic squad and then obviously across the road at Rangers with Gerard leaving and Gio coming in now it's exciting times um, and as I said it's two teams that are going to go head to head the full season 
That's the first time we haven't mentioned Steven Gerrard for an hour and 15 minutes. And it, it's just, it's a fantastic season, isn't it? There's so much to go for. You know, Rangers fans, and you, they'll be saying, there's only one team can win a treble, and that would be Celtic. Mm-hmm. Rangers will say, as we heard earlier on from David, who was on, he thinks Rangers are going to win the double, and Rangers may well win the double. It's, uh, it's quite some season. When you think only six months ago, Celtic were in total disarray. Um, I think it's going to be fascinating. You said it, Barry. January, it's going to be box office every day. You know, I wish Jim White was still on Sky Sports <laughs> saying what's going to happen, but we'll do it every night for you, um, right throughout. And, and the good thing, I think, business will get done early. You think yeah. so? Yeah. They seem, well, both managers seem really keen, mm-hmm. don't they? Okay. They seem keen to get it done. I, I think they've got their targets. I think they want things done mm-hmm. as soon as that window opens in January the 1st. He's on. I think it's as well, it's also important for both clubs, maybe particularly Rangers more so. For example, Connor Goldson being the prime example, find out early, what do you want to do here? Mm-hmm. Are you going to sign? And I think we spoke about it about a month ago, given my yeah. deadline. So if you don't want to sign, that's fair enough. We accept that movement is all part of football. But then the, the ball is in Rangers court. So what do we do? Do we try and sell this guy if we got a replacement? Try and get a couple of quid in from what likes his mentality? Is he going to be focused for the next four months or is he going to have one eye if he signs a pre-contract or not want to get himself injured? So that's a key decision because he's a key player. So that's where Giovanni Van Bronckhurst and, and Ross Wilson um, and Stuart Robertson get together and they take they take control of that situation. Mm-hmm. Now, Goldson can control it if he doesn't want to sign, but thereafter, you control it as in, no, we're keeping them. You get focused, you're a big part of it. We accept that you're going to leave, but you're focused for the next four months or, no, we want somebody in here that's going to be committed. Therefore, we're, we're going to look to move you on this month and we've got a replacement in mind. John, back at Celtic, what about Kyogo? Here's a bit more from the manager speaking about the striker. I feel a responsibility with him because I'm the one that brought him here. And you know, when you're bringing somebody from the other side of the world, and I don't think anyone would have said that he was a cast iron guarantee to be a hit. You know, for, for a lot of people, I knew he would be a fantastic player. But he's even better person. You know, from from the moment he he picked up the injury, there was no way he was not going to play today, irrespective of what I was saying or the medical team was saying. He was, and he wasn't 100, percent but. I knew he would play today. The move, his movement's incredible, but the quality of his finishing, to have that composure in such a big game, it's one thing to get into that position, but they're two world-class finishers in a big game. He knows that everyone's watching him. And it's one of the challenges we had. Like, you know, we're missing some significant talent at the moment, you know, um, but these boys keep finding a way. I'll tell you, John, it's a chance for your chief executive, acting chief and the board to back the manager with uh, good signings. I mean, you can spend five million on strikers and it might mean nothing. But, John, he needs support up front, doesn't he? It can't just be Kyogo. Yeah, yeah, that that goes um, goes without saying. You know, Andrew's been in the job, um, obviously, half the season, nearly now. And uh, he's done a fantastic job so far. But, um, of course, we want to bring the players in that um, he can, you know, target and he can, um, you know, have a look at and ensure that they're... Um, up to his standard because I think as well uh, you look at Kyogo and you look at his work rate um, you know who who's who's not looked at Kyogo before given you know his work rate um, his movement you know and I think it's just incredible um, the, the transition Kyogo's went through to get himself embedded into that Celtic team um, and I absolutely love uh, his, his attitude you know and his passion for uh, playing for Celtic mm-hmm. How do you think Sean Maloney's going to do at Hibs, an ex-Celtic player, Sean? Sean will do well. I think, you know, Hibs, Hibs are a team that will, um, 
you know, you know, look at Sean and look at the experience he's had um, over in Belgium and um, over in Scotland as well. And I mean, obviously, uh, Sean's a fantastic. Uh, uh, you know, I think he's a leader, uh, but I think also he can give good directions, uh, and I think he's quite a likable character. So, um, Hibsy will benefit from that. Well, Barry, you know him. You played alongside him. Yeah, Scotland. very good yeah. player, uh, Sean Maloney. Very intelligent. Um, the great thing about what Sean's had over the, the past two or three years, he said a brilliant apprenticeship under a top manager in Martinez. Um, and you just need to look at some of the players that he, he has to deal with when he's away in international. The Belgium team, I mean, they're the top country, top yeah. nation. Um, so he's got great experience and it's it's great to see young young coaches get the opportunity. And um, you want to see people do well in the game and, and clearly... Sean sounds the way he comes across uh, he knows the game inside out so it'll be interesting to see how he does it's going to be totally different because he's his own man now he's he's been normally just a coach but he needs to make some harsh decisions when you've got 11 happy players and you've got 7 really unhappy players that are sitting on the bench and you've got another 4 or 5 um, even worse in the stand so that's all the things you've got to deal with but look I think he's um, I think he'll do a good job at Hibs you just imagine sitting in his office in, in week one Barry yeah. he maybe pulls in Kevin Nisbet or he pulls in Martin Boyle for a wee one to one a wee pep talk Martin I like what you do but look at this or Kevin yeah. I think he's an area where you can prove in fact Kevin hold on wait I'll get Lukaku in the exactly. phone for you <laughs> and let Lukaku talk you through the next uh, two or three minutes or he says to Martin Boyle wait I'll get Kevin De Bruyne in the yeah. phone yeah. you can spend a couple of minutes with him and you can uh, benefit from his yeah. wisdom but that's what he's got in his locker but now he's his own man he's been an assistant and it's a hell of a difference from being an assistant to being the main man, and it's uh, you know, yeah, it's about ability and knowledge of the game, but it's your it's your mental strength and your personality, Paul, to, to handle that as well. John, final question to you: What about uh, the new love streets in Mirren Park Wednesday night? St Mirren against Celtics. So you go from Hamden to Paisley. What do you think is going to happen? I think more of the same. I think it will be. Um, I think it will be. You know, obviously, Andrew style of football. Uh, but for um, longer periods of time, I think St Mirren will um, obviously they'll, they'll look to defend as best they can. But I think Celtic will, um, you know, win by a few goals, and I think it will be. Um, I'm not saying it'll be comfortable, but I think it will be, um, you know, a, a level up from what we played in uh, yesterday. You know, John, thanks so much for calling. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, 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 go. Oh, it's good. I think we can, for the first time, we can, uh, you know, we can train normal. Players will have um, tomorrow and, uh, and Monday off. And then we start Tuesday again training. So we can prepare them physically, but also tactically we can do more to prepare ourselves for the last weeks. You know, I'm happy with, uh, with the break we're having now. Yep, Rangers a day off today. And tomorrow you heard it there from Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. Rangers, top of the table, 48 points after the 19 games. Celtic of 18 games and 41 points. And then Hearts on 33, Motherwell on 28. And Dundee United on 25, Aberdeen on 24, Hibs on 23, Livingston on 20, St Mirren on 18, Dundee on 16, Ross County 15 and St Johnson on 14. So Rangers, next game for them is uh, this weekend, Boxing Day. Cammy, a Rangers fan is on the line. Cammy, good evening. Hello, Cammy. Oh, 
try Cammy one more time. Cammy, you there? We seem to have lost. And we'll go back to Cammy in a second or two. Um, yeah, unusual. Couple of days off at this time of year. Uh, they would have wanted to be in the cup final. They're not. So Barry, it couldn't have been any better than being seven points clear. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they would have been. They would have wanted to be in that, that cup final on Sunday. Um, but listen, they had a, a league game at Dun United. You listen to Gio. He wasn't too happy with the performance. But the most important thing is, Paul, they got the three points. Yep. Um, and uh, obviously there was a, a couple of players missing. Barisic was out injured. He gave him a chance to leave Arebo out as well, I think, because he's, he's close to the bookings as well. And you don't want to miss Joe Arebo because the form he's been on has been exceptional. And it was great to see Nathan Patterson get a start as mm. well. So look, the most important thing for Gio and the Rangers players was making sure at 10 to 5 on Saturday, they had three points in the bag. And then that puts a bit of pressure on when being seven points clear with Celtic to go down to... It's at Man Park on Wednesday night. I think we'll fix the gremlin. Cammy, how are you? Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Good. Yeah, we've got you now. Yeah. Right, so, great. what are you thinking? I just wanted to ask the panel. Obviously, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has came in and he's playing that slightly different system. And if they feel in January, if Rangers have to go out and possibly buy players coming fit into that system, because I think what Gerard and Ross Wilson done extremely well was every single player that they bought that came in fitted the system perfectly. I just want to know if the panel so that Rangers or Gio might feel that he wants to go out and obviously buy, buy his own players to bring in. Well, I have a huge knowledge of the Dutch market and elsewhere, but Barry, what's your take on it? Yeah, but I think in terms of, he is playing a slightly different style. He's, he's certainly tweaked a few things, but I think the players have took to that style um, pretty easily, if, I, if I'm being honest with you. Um, look, he will want to bring in his, his own faces there's, there's there's no doubt about that it's how much he'll have to go and spend um, we, we don't really know that yet but look I, I'm sure Gio will want to strengthen because I always say the best time to strengthen is when you're on top and Rangers are on top at this moment in time so I'm sure he'll be he'll have a few players in mind um, he'll look at a few areas that he'll, he'll want to go and, go and strengthen and as I said, I'm looking forward to January because I think both Rangers and Celtic, it's a big it's a big month for both of them. After that old firm game, who's going to be coming through the door at, at Ibrox and who's going to be coming through the door at Celtic Park? So it's one that I'll be keeping a close eye on. Mark? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you look at, we were, you know, painting a scenario um, half an hour ago about the p potential outcome of the old firm game on January 2nd so one, one or lose for Rangers they're either seven or ahead or, or they're only one ahead potentially if, if if they both win all their games between now and then so if you're Giovanni Van Bronckhorst either scenario you're going to the board saying listen we're in a brilliant position let's not blow it I need these two players go and get them for me or we're one point behind or sorry we're only one in front now let's not blow it either mm -hmm these two guys you can get with these couple of guys in they'll, they'll, they'll do it so you look at Van Brockers he'll know the Dutch market inside out how many staff so he'll have relationships you know all over if he wants to go and tap into that market I'd, you know even if it's a loan or two he's got a relationship with Pep Guardiola and the City group so he's got access um, to that potentially as well and all the different players that they've got around the world he's got a relationship with for example Mikel Arteta at Arsenal if there's somebody at Arsenal there's a relationship with Xavi at Barcelona if there's somebody at Barcelona so these are the kind of things that he'll be tapping into um, to, to get ideas to put in front of Ross Wilson say look ABC and do go and do, go and explore more but these are guys that I like uh, and if we can get them done then 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 brilliant and then as I said the other scenario is what's happening with Conor Goldson what do we need to do 
His centre half is a key position if you want to go and win the league. So they can't afford to be complacent on that and they need to make sure they get that decision spot on. Cammy, if you were GVB, what would you do about Conor Goldson? I would tell. I would tell in January. Yeah. I don't. I would like. To, I think Goldson's a great player. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't think he's had this or anywhere near as good a season as he did last last season. But that would be hard, given yeah. how well he played. But I just think you don't want to see him go for a three. I think he wants now. I don't think he wants to be at the football club anymore. So I would. I would sell and I would try and try and look for a replacement as soon as possible. And what are the fans saying? There's a great confidence, isn't there, in the manager? I mean, Steven Gerrard was an amazing player and what he did with Rangers over the couple of years, it took some time, but he did say it would be a rebuild and they stuck by him and then it came really good for Rangers last year, winning the title, stopping uh, the 10 that could have happened at Celtic. Uh, but with Giovanni van Bronckhurst, everyone seems to be saying they're glad it's changed. Thank you, Steven Gerrard. Welcome, Giovanni. Is that fair? Is that what you find? Uh, yeah, I think Giovanni's came in and, it, and it's been a brilliant start. I mean, he's won every single league game. I think something that Rangers had last season was clean sheets and going at the start of this season was something that they really struggled with. They seem to be conceding first on every occasion that we had. GVB's, GVB's came in, clean sheets almost every single game. I think there's only one goal conceded so far uh, in the league. Some great results, just one draw against Leon, and you can't really complain about that considering how well they've been doing in Europe this season so I think it's been a fantastic start by Van Bronckhorst one that I don't think the fans could have predicted Keeping the zero that's his new phrase isn't it? There's no doubt he's made Rangers more solid mm -hmm. um, that's something that clearly you can see when you're watching Rangers um, as before when Steven Gerrard was here it was the two fullbacks that gave him the width now you, you see the, the fullbacks are more um, behind the play um, but they can still get forward but he's, he's clearly that's the difference he's made and, and look what's that eight games now seven wins and one draw it's a brilliant start and you can see that there's a few players like Morelos looks to me if he's back on getting close mm -hmm. to top form guys like Scott Arfield who you would think was out the picture six, seven weeks ago Scott Arfield was, wasn't getting a look in and he's been one of the main players uh, for uh, Gio but there's clearly been a big difference in them um, since he's come in he's made um, slight changes and tweaks to the formation but the main thing is it's working they're getting results and as you mentioned Nathan Patterson played at the weekend the manager spoke about him we had to change something because Borna he, he, he trained yesterday as normal and this morning before we uh, you know came uh, together at the stadium he was uh, called that he didn't feel well so I had to change my lineup. it's not ideal to play uh, with uh, Nathan on the left but I think today we needed also our fullbacks to support so uh, we prepared the team in, in two different systems you know in the end uh, it wasn't about our, our uh, you know, technical formation. It was just we weren't good uh, in the game. We lost many balls. Uh, we were sloppy, and uh, you know we cannot afford to uh, to have many games like that. Yeah, he admitted. He said, "Yep, yeah, we need to be better." Today we weren't in our uh, best form. Also, then the United uh, team who was well organized and played really well. I think those things combined made it a very uh, competitive game today. Uh, a game we didn't create too much. I think second half you could feel the last 30 minutes that we were pushing for the goal with the penalty. And of course, uh, Tavernier uh, behind the ball, you you know he's going to score. He's very good at it. So yeah, I was very pleased with, with the win, but I think our performances need to be better. Because this season market was so unusual under Steven Gerrard, uh, Rangers were going behind so often, which you didn't see last year. 
Yeah, um, you know, as Cammy pointed out, they conceded the first goal on a number of occasions um, this season, but most of the time they managed to get back and get a victory. Um, and then you're seeing, you know, Giovanni van Bronckhorst, just, you know, a, a, a typical coach is out looking the game. Yeah, we played well and we won, but we weren't good enough. We were sloppy. I don't think I've heard them use that word since he took over um, as manager. So, yeah, we won the game, he's telling his players, but I'm not being fooled. We need to be better than that. And if we're not better than that, we will eventually get punished. So he's he's praising them, but he's giving them a warning that um that you know he's got standards and expects the standards to be met. And on Saturday the standards weren't met, but the positive was they got the three points. Barry, before you go, Cammy, there's some breaking news uh, down the divisions, enhanced protocol update, and in summary, there's going to be daily testing um in the championship. League One and League Two until the winter break, and I know you actually don't have the winter break in League One, but there's going to be daily testing. That's the there was a video conference this afternoon. Representatives PCR, yeah, yeah. The new testing regime will be effective from tomorrow. Doing testing three times a week anyway, but we're doing it by um, lateral flow. Um, So is it PCR testing? uh, I'll check and see. I suppose as well that that the the full time clubs will be wanting that across the board because. Like see yourselves playing against Celtic, and you know if there's, if there's part-time clubs, That's understandable. clubs, they'll be wanting to do that to, to for the long-term uh, protection. But it's obviously an indication as well of of the science and the guidelines that the, the Scottish football uh, hierarchy are receiving. That you know we've got a long way to go with this new variant. Then you know it's, it's ain't going away anytime soon. We're just checking to see if it's. Uh what kind of testing it is we're on it at the moment um, thanks for that Cammy. before you go can we ask you who would be your choice um, at Kilmarnock who'd be the new manager after Tommy Wright well, I think I mean I've not checked the odds I think Jack Ross would be mm-hmm. would be one that Kilmarnock would be looking at I saw Neil McCann's name mentioned mm-hmm. so I think I don't know if Jack Ross would maybe take that it was quite it wasn't too long ago that he was, he was sacked by Hibs but I think I think that would be a Kamal could get Jack Ross I think that would be a brilliant appointment Barry Jack Ross yeah his name's emerging yeah I'm not surprised um, I was surprised that he got um, sacked by Hibs mm. if I'm being honest with you I know they weren't in a great run um, but I, I, I tend to I think it gets overlooked for what he's done previous to that getting in two cup finals finishing third last year thought it was a bit hasty by by Hibs but listen what it's a a good shout, Jack Ross. Jack Ross is a um, a fine manager, and I'm sure Kilmarnock will be looking at somebody like Jack Ross because um, they need to get back into the Premier League, Kilmarnock, because they're a Premier League team for me. Sure are tough for management, isn't it, Mark? It's not easy. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a tough gig, but particularly now, you know, there's there's two managers lost their job in the, in the past 72 hours. There's a few starting to go. This is where chairman start to to panic, and um, you know, I've mentioned it before. Paul and I think this is when managers are, are human beings and they need help they need guidance um, particularly young ones you don't want to see them because I think management can very very quickly destroy you and you need people there to support you whether it's on a Saturday night at 6 o'clock or a Monday morning at 9 o'clock before you go and take your next team meeting if it's in the back of a of a defeat and that's where the uh, you look down south at the League Management Association and I know they've got millions of pounds but they've got mentors in place. And I've mentioned this before. Walter Smith was a mentor to, to Dean Smith. Sir Alex is a mentor. David Moyes is, is a mentor. We need that up here. We need a proper structure of the League Management Association so that young managers are protected and looked after. 
um, and helped because they need help. They need guidance. They need a shoulder. They need advice. And um, a strong league managers association is absolutely uh, vital to the, the lifeblood of the game. I'm going to come back to that after the break. They haven't said yet, Barry, what it is, if it's lateral flow mm. or the uh, PCR or just double checking. Yeah, the managers, did you, you're going to yeah, say? Yeah, listen, I, I'm in a situation myself where we, we, can't, we can't buy a result just now. It's a lonely place. I, I totally agree and I get where Mark's coming from. It is a lonely place um, after a defeat. Um, and it, it's, Listen, that's when you need people who are close to you mm. to try and support you, especially your family. Um, but it's a tough gig. But you know when you do go into management, it's um, it's going to happen at some stage. Uh, there's a good chance that you could get sacked from, from your job. Um, but it's a horrible side of it. But um, I don't think there is enough support for managers. No. I've got to be honest with you. Because mm. um, as I said, it becomes a, a lonely, lonely place at times when you're obviously not getting results. Cammy, what's your... Uh, it's, well, it's too early to say about Judgment Day, what's going to happen on that day. Halfway through the season, though, what's your report on Rangers? What would you say? I would say it's probably been half a season that I couldn't have predicted. I couldn't have, I couldn't have predicted the even the football club. If you'd have asked me when the season started, just at the end of July. But it's, I mean, you, couldn't, you can't complain. Rangers are sitting right now, seven points clear. At the top of the Premiership, going into Boxing Day. I, th- I think that's a great place to be. Thanks for the call. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Yeah, I'm usually pretty good, but struggling to find the words this time. Yeah, I'm really proud of this this group of players, uh, you know, as much as players, this group of people uh, and the staff, because pretty much from the, from the day I walked I walked in the door, there's, we've had some sort of challenge in front of us, you know, almost on a daily basis that we had to sort of overcome. And they've always found a way to do that and, and haven't made excuses or allowances and really believed in, in sort of what we were trying to build here. And, you know, at every time you thought, you know, this is too much, you know, how can we overcome this obstacle? Yeah, you know, even today, you know, we, the first time I think they were in our box and they scored and you're thinking, you know, here's another one. And, and their response is what it's been from the moment I arrived. And so I'm just really proud of that group of people who, um, you know, get their rewards tonight and, uh, you know, really, really privileged to be part of it. It was a big day for Celtic yesterday. It wasn't Hamden in the sun because it certainly wasn't and a winter's afternoon, but Celtic winning two goals to one. Paul Hanlon scoring the opener, 51 minutes, and then 14 seconds later, uh, the reply from Furuhashi was made by McGregor and uh, Furuhashi. And then in 72 minutes, it was the Japanese... Magician, what will we call him? He's uh, certainly the talisman for Celtic and he scored what proved to be the winner. On Saturday, Rangers, as we know, went top of the table. Well, they were top, but they extended it to seven points. So let's look at the games at the weekend and check how did you do on Friday? Seems a while ago, doesn't it? There's been a lot of football since then. Hearts stay third, one goal victory at Dundee. Barry, is that your prediction, wasn't it? Yeah. I went 2-0 Hearts. Yeah. Um, but that's listen, fine. hey, that's I'll fine. I'll take it. I we'll went for the Hearts win. But that, listen, yeah. I, again, when you you have games away from home, um, the most important thing is you try and get the three points, and that's what Robbie Nielsen's um, doing. He's he's Hearts are not going away. They're they're getting results, and they're um, I think they're the ones that are for me going to be favourites mm-hmm. to finish third. I think it's up to other teams to go and try and catch Hearts, but. 
fair play to Robbie I keep going back to it he came in for a bit of criticism last season he'd done what he had to do and that was get them promoted and they've come into the, the Premier League this season and, and to be fair to them they've um, they've done really well yeah, they've got some real good players as mm. well Hearts good team he's he's playing a certain formation that's difficult to, to play against so yep great result for Hearts up at Dens Park they're looking good for third or still early Mark what do you reckon? Yeah I think Hearts will, will finish third point. I, I think I think they'll win it by by double digits I think they'll, they'll, they'll really pull away in third place Celtic Rangers will pull away uh, from from Hearts um, but I think Hearts will be kind of on their own as a, as a third uh, force and rightly so you've got to dig into one at Dens Park um, watching sports in the conditions when the fog um, yeah. at that point you know I think Willie Collum just managing to keep the game going to go for another 10-15 minutes he may well have had to have stopped it as it happened in other games around the country but a good win um, for Hearts What about Motherwell then they're still in the chase as well it's been a good month or two hasn't it for Graham Alexander I think that's why he got the manager of the month 2-0 win over St Johnson Yeah I, I fancied St Johnson to, to go to third part and get a point um, but listen all credit to Graham Alexander and the, the Motherwell team um, a good three points for them Look, St Johnson are, are going through a a, re, a real tough time at this this moment but I still believe that they've got good enough players, St. Johnson, and they've certainly got a good enough manager um, to get out of it. Dean Cornelius, what a day yeah. for him, Mark, wasn't it? For a great Motherwell. strike. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a great strike. I was at the game and it was a terrific finish um, for Cornelius, you know, 19, 20 yards to catch it like that. And, uh, you know, he beat a goalkeeper on a Xander Clark's quality, you know, absolutely zipped it in. Um, and then the second goals, you know, pretty much killed the game. It was a, you know, it was a poor one for St. Johnson to concede, but for for Motherwell, good finish from uh, Van Veen. You know he's been a really good signing uh, for the club. Uh, you know he's linked well and um, with, with Tony Watt. So it was a it was a good workman like um, performance from uh, Graham Alexander's men. He certainly get get Motherwell going up into fourth place now in the league. And I guess for St Johnson, they've got to say right midweek at home to Ross County. Yeah. Second part of the season starts now, like a yeah, new season. I think that's got to be the mentality um, at McDermott Park with, with Callum and the players. I'm, I'm sure it will be. And I suppose if there was one positive from Saturday, it was the fact that, that, that Livingston and Ross County both kind of dropped points, if you like. So it means that on Wednesday night, um, if St. Johnson can win at home in Ross County, which is a big ask, I think Ross County are doing really well just now. Malcolm McKay's um, got them going. Um, then you got off the bottom of the table. So that's got to be a massive incentive for the for the St. Johnson players. That's a big game, that yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, big game. We'll come on to that in a second or two because I mean they're obviously they're all inter interlinked. Uh, Barry Livy and Ross County one one late late show again. Ross County lost in well the ninety seventh minute midweek against Celtic and then Obelai scoring with a minute to go for Livy. Yeah, big Malky will be that that will hurt him, no doubt about it. But look, they've they've been. They've been decent this year, Ross County. I've seen them a couple of times and I've got to be honest with you. They've not got the results, but they're playing some good stuff. Um, and look, I look at that. I know you'll be disappointed with losing the goal last um, minute or so, but it's a good point away to Livingston. You'll take that, albeit you'll be disappointed, no taking the three. But then you go into that game on Wednesday night, it's the bottom two. Um, there's only a point between them. That, that'll be a cracker. Mm -hmm. You're on Wednesday with Davy Province, so we'll ask you uh, beforehand. And for Livy, they're beginning to climb up slowly. Yeah, Mark, but they're grinding it out the last couple yeah. of weeks undefeated. Yeah, a couple of a couple of wins, you know, a draw, which which you know again shows uh, that word character, where to keep going into the last minute, to keep pushing, and uh, to get that point. Um, and and that I think Paul the way it's shaping up 
just now you're going to have five teams involved I think right to the one in, in terms of you know at, at the wrong end of the table where you don't want to be from from Livingston, Decent, Johnson, St Mirren um, and um, Ross County yeah. I think you're going to have five I can't see anybody pulling away uh, from there so it's going to be about mentality it's going to be about trying to nick a point mm-hmm. here and there staying strong big window as well next month for all those clubs too to get two or three of the right players um, and so the way it's shaping up at the top and the way potentially it's shaping up a dogfight at the bottom we've got, a, we've got a brilliant league between now and May See if you look at current form if you just look so St Johnson we know the last five games they've lost Dundee United have lost the last four and they drew the one before so their form isn't good Dundee have lost four in a row they won the game before that and uh, Ross County drew one lost one then they won the one before and then they drew two so it's so tight Barry isn't it it's just uh, it's going to be it's, I think we're saying about the title race you think will go all the way yeah but it's just as exciting yeah. um, the bottom six to the, mm. the obviously you look at the top six obviously Rangers and Celtic for me are, are going to go toe to toe um, but you look at that that bottom six as I said I would imagine that Hibs have got too much quality I think they'll get away from it no doubt in my mind about that um, but it will come down to the the bottom five um, at this moment in time who need to start picking up results but it's so close there one or two results you, you fly up mm. the, the, the the table but I keep going back to it just that one just jumps out of me St Johnson Ross County there'll be a lot of pressure in that game as well um, it's a big three points that one St Johnson obviously Callum you look at his mm. the last five games it is tough but listen all managers and he'll be going through a, a tough time at this, this moment but look, he'll, get, he'll come through it you just need to look they had a difficult start to the, the season last year Yeah, they had a tough start and you look what happened that second half of the season they flew up the league and the most important thing is they get a, a cup double um, but look it's exciting I think our, our league up here, the Premier League, it's an exciting league. Sure is, yeah. Premiership in Scotland is, I mean, it's completely different budget from England. Mm-hmm. Um, although the Liverpool, Tottenham, Tottenham are coming back. We don't have time to go into England today, although Man City, who is going to catch them, Barry? Because uh, Chelsea stuttered again well, at the weekend. Well, I heard Mark saying yeah. that Gio's got good contacts and Pep, and I, I heard noticed that. Phil yes. Foden wasn't yes. playing at the weekend, yeah. so oh, maybe right. get him up and launch. Watch this space. <laughs> yeah, that was that, that's the clangor, the name drop of the day for sure, Mark. <laughs> Mark Four, Wednesday night, Hibs Aberdeen, we won't see you before. What will we see? No, we nope. won't see you before Wednesday you'll be on on Thursday but I do want to ask you about Rangers then at the weekend what did you make of it is it almost inevitable that some days you're not going to play that well he had to make some changes he spoke about those changes you don't want to change your midfield you know today we had two changes you know one was because uh, Borna wasn't wasn't fit it's it's good to have some changes but you don't want to change the whole squad and of course with Joe so uh, looking ahead to this fixture we are getting for him to to be playing today was a bit of a risk because we we can lose him when he's when he's booked if we were up already before I wouldn't never have, have put him in but I know what he gives to the squad and I think that moment uh, we needed his, uh, his his input in the game happy he just didn't re- receive yellow we will have him uh, <laughs> we will have him as well uh, until the winter break and Rangers have got a break this week until yeah. the game at the weekend uh, I think if it's Giovanni Van Bronckhorst he was a bit critical of his players and rightly so you know if he feels that he didn't go over the top but he just let them know that it wasn't acceptable it was sloppy but then you review it, you take a step back. That's two tough games um, in four days. St. Johnson at home, where, you know, to grind out a victory 
eventually they showed that patience to get a goal late in the first half and then you know a bit of nervousness on Saturday but they've got it so three goals scored two clean sheets six points in the bag when you look at the month of December what they've been through Europe as well and what's still to come between now and January the 2nd it's just about winning games it's just that's but Barry will know whether you're the manager or a player it's just boom job done final whistle prep mm-hmm. next game rest up and get ready for the next one it's such a demanding schedule that you know there's every chance that Rangers might drop points during the end but so far they've been absolutely fine they've managed to do everything that's been asked of them and they now roll on to the next game the good thing for Giovanni and his players you can give them a couple of days off and they can rest up ahead of the uh, the Boxing Day game at home to St Mirren which on paper is another nice fixture for them but it will be tough and then I think Petaudry yep. on the, on, yep. on the yep. Wednesday night mm-hmm. before um, Celtic Park so three they're all massive Paul anyway, every game's um, uh, massive but for Rangers um, top of the league by seven points just now albeit Celtic's got a game in hand good place to be Barry you'd rather have the, the game and have the game have the I would, points dra- I would the rather game. have yep. the points in the bag uh, no that's, doubt about it that's what I nearly it. said <laughs> yeah that's um, and listen you get games like that that yep. you're known top for them you're sloppy um, but as I said to you sometimes you walk in that dressing room the manager will come in and, and say a few words and then when he walks out you'll think to yourself wasn't it great but do you know what uh, the most important thing is we dug it out albeit it was fair, fair penalty so and you, you heard them there it sounds to me of Gio isn't the type of manager that wants to make too many mm-hmm. changes mm-hmm. he likes to keep you mentioned the midfield there you see it's predominantly been um, Glenn Kamara Scott Arfield and Arebo that's been his favoured three obviously Arebo he wanted to leave him out because you can't take a chance with obviously the booking Lundstrom come in um, but for me that looks to me that that's his preferred three Glenn John, Kamara Scott yep, Arfield sorry. and, and uh, uh, Joe Arebo the conversation continues tomorrow night we'll leave you with Ange Postacoglu before that John's been on from the West End saying what about Neil Lennon for Kilmarnock there's another name Jack Ross's name is in yeah, there could it yeah. be Derek McInnes uh, no doubt that'll come up tomorrow night with uh, Stephen Cragen John Hartson and Rob McLean um, so the, the man of the weekend on the field was definitely the Japanese star Furuhashi uh, who might not have made it he wasn't fully fit but here's what his manager said but good luck me trying, trying to keep him out today mate there was there was no chance he would have snuck on the bus and snuck into the field at some point without me seeing because like I said he, he just he just had it in his head he was going to play today he wanted he wanted to help the players and he wanted to help the team and he wanted you know he wanted to be part of this and um, again having worked in Japan I know their mentality you know they're you know, they're, they're, they're a really strong culture in in, in fa- facing up to their responsibilities and that's what I think he felt responsible today to go out there and, and help the players. Kyogo, there's uh, one down. He's got one. Barry, you had 10 cup finals and 10 medals, so he's only got nine to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but listen, it's, they're great occasions. Yeah. Um, the only problem I think Celtic will have, they've got a game on Wednesday. You like yeah. to go out and celebrate, sure. but I'm, I'm sure they would have a couple of champagnes or, or whatever they drink one or two and then again it's refocus and and um, make sure you're, you're ready for the game down at St Mern Park on Wednesday that's it in the record books that's one down two domestic trophies to go Celtic have won the Scottish League Cup the Premier Sports Cup the title's still there Rangers seven points clear and who's going to win the Scottish Cup the one sure thing is we'll be with you all the way here in the Go Radio Football Show thanks guys see you Thank on you, Wednesday and Jokal Day is up after the news 
The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.